0: Solid till the crack never change. Me and my son the rain It can swap when we hang.
1: I'm solid could touch the blue part of the flame. The blue part of the flame.
2: Ain't I no just way. wanna roll with those in the bottom. Getting this cheese today I know
1: this sport fire, the sports comedy podcast. I'm Adam Weiner I'm coming at you with a bonus episode. Now, If you're a wine rib head, and who among us is not, uh, I wrote a piece that ran last week on fansided.com called Can Team USA 2024 Olympic Athletes Convince Me to Get a Semi-Permanent Tattoo? Have you read it yet? I'll give you a couple minutes, in case you haven't. Um, Well, I figured I got a lot of great interviews for that piece. I got a lot of great content, so why not put it up on the podcast feed for everybody to enjoy the snippets that did not make the piece. The basis is I went to a great event at Ephemeral Tattoo in Williamsburg. They were giving out semi-permanent tattoos that were supposed to evaporate 70%. They were touting 30% visibility after 2 years and said they would last for 3 years, 1 to 3 years. But like the other journalist I was there with was like does that mean there's a 30% chance you have the full thing after two years or you'll just have 30% of it still hanging out? Either way, the process of getting the tattoo was just as painful apparently as getting a real tattoo. Ultimately, I did not do it, but in the process, I spoke to people like gold medalist, wrestler Jordan Burroughs, who talked me through his tattoo story. So why don't we go to Jordan first? Thanks so much for joining me, man. Thanks, Jordan, Absolutely. for being here. Um, first of all, for the listeners who aren't here, can't be at this event, tell me a little bit about what exactly this is and, and where we are and why we are where we are. Yeah, so one of the, the, the sacred traditions
0: for most Olympians is to get a tattoo that symbolizes your participation in the Olympic Games. But, you know, when we talk about the team behind the team, it's all the fans that support us and watch from home. And we want to invite them in to be a part of this journey with us and to celebrate our success and also to get excited about the Olympic Games. We're exactly one year out from Paris 2024. And so Team USA had a great idea to partner with ephemeral tattoos and create temporary tattoos that last The Olympic Games. So as we go through this next year of qualification, and training, and prep for Paris, uh, the team behind the team,
1: all of Team USA and its fan base,
0: can be a part of something that we hope they do
1: now i was told that you're considering getting one i uh Damn. i don't think i have it in me and I, I had to promise my wife i was not gonna do it but she's like listen i'm not letting you go and she's report here unless very, yeah. you promise me you come home with no tattoo very specifically she was like you rsvp'd no the tattoo right i was like you can check the email you can see it but why should i get it what what's what well, do you think because it's a movement right and i think that everyone can identify with the Olympic Games.
0: It's, it's more than just being a competitor or or an olympian it's it's about being a representative of the united states of america it's about supporting something bigger than yourself and unifying with people who are committed to excellence and so i think that's what this really stands for and it's just a moment right like it's a moment in time and we want to rally behind the team, so that's what makes it so cool.
1: You mentioned that it's kind of a tradition for athletes to get a tattoo that represents their Olympic journey. Did you get one after you came back from the London Games? I got one before I went to the Games. Okay. So before I even competed at like the Olympic Games, I'm like, I'm getting the rings, 100%. Yeah, and and you're like, nothing happened at the Games that would've made you think of an alternate design or anything, you were like, the rings are what I
0: want, like,
1: that, that's not oh, I I got,
0: I got the rings and the flag, and then after I got back from the games, I got gold down the back of my arm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was a special time for me, and it's one that I'll never regret, right? It, it, it stands true. and stands the test of time, and it's something I'm extremely proud of. It, it symbolizes a, a time in my history where I did something really important.
1: Now, I know that that moment can be kind of a blur, obviously. Like, what's a moment from that day when you get your gold medal... You earn it, like between the podium and between it really hitting. Like, what's a moment you remember that really gives that would give people insight on what that feeling is like? You know what? You never it never really lands the way you
0: expect it to, right? Because you put so much hard work into it, so it's really not surprising to the individual that does it because you worked tirelessly for many years to do it. Um, but I one of the things that are distinct that I remember was. The ceremony for your gold medal presentation happens pretty quickly after you finish wrestling. And so you run with the flag after you get your hand raised. I went and found my family up in the stands, gave them hugs. I came back, I did an interview in the press area. And then it was time for me to get on the podium. So I'm still in a full sweat. I don't know if you remember in London in 2012, but the the podium outfits were jeans. They were jeans and they were like Carhartt jackets. So I'm in a full sweat. Now imagine trying to put on a pair of jeans after wrestling a match and being in a full sweat. It was a difficult task. And so I'm trying to get all done up and someone hands me a towel so I can like pat my forehead and go out there. But if you see any of my stadium or my podium shots, I'm still sweaty from having just left the mat less than 15 minutes before. Um, so, you know, I just remember getting all my stuff on. I had a group of people helping me get prepared. And I had never even seen the gold Until I won my own and had it placed there on my head, Um, so it was just a special moment. Like, wow! Like, I can't believe I did this. This is real.
1: Did you? So you didn't think about getting a Carhartt tattoo after you left, or no? (laughs) No, not quite.
0: Uh, But the moment was profound, and I remember leaving thinking
1: my life's different forever. That's amazing. Um, now I know you come from a proud tradition too. You're you're a Nebraska guy, yes. and uh, did research. Olympic, uh, <laughs> I mean Rulon Gardner also won gold That's out right. of Nebraska. So I know the timelines aren't. You know you you know he's he's in Nebraska. He's winning gold when you're much younger. But when you're there, does his shadow sort of hang over that program and all? Like, what's it like to be a yeah, member of that sure. prestigious club? Um, I think uh, it, it makes you proud. It makes you proud because he, he, by all accounts,
0: pulled one of the biggest upsets in Olympic history by beating Alexander Kurel and is still, you know, is, is considered one of the biggest upsets ever. So, you know, I got to proudly watch that banner held high in our wrestling room for all of the years that I was at Nebraska. And it was more of an inspiration for me knowing that because I came from this lineage and this tradition, I could do it too. He was kind of a trailblazer for me knowing that man has already been an olympic gold medalist olympic bronze medalist world champions all the things that i was trying to do he had already done and uh many times over so it was special it was kind of one of those things where it, i think it cast less of a shadow and it was more uh, of a bar that he said for be the case
1: now what are your expectations for team usa in 2024 do you have any early predictions we get better every year every single cycle we're getting better uh, and we're bringing home
0: more medals each time i think we have to continue i say is in, at least from a wrestling perspective is in the best position that has been in decades and i think we have a really good squad so i'm looking forward to being a part of the team being able to compete there and uh the last time i was in paris was in 2017 i won a, a world championship
1: goal and uh i plan on winning another goal all right well i look forward to seeing it i'll be rooting you on man thank you so much Appreciate them. as you can hear these interviews were done in a completely silent environment and we do thank uh everyone involved nice buns soft fluffy and ultra low net carbs discover hero bread the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture, Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. HERO.CO.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: For that, uh, it was tough to curate in the middle of sort of a hop and party, but they did manage to find uh, just a silent antechamber with bubble wall coding to really help the sound no um it was extremely tough to pull this off but i appreciate everybody uh for uh you know you hopefully it feels like you got a little bit of the atmosphere there as well now i spoke next with paralympian basketball legend also a gold medalist a man who helped break a 28-year gold medal draft for team usa in the sport of wheelchair basketball trayvon jennifer who honestly i related to much more than the extremely confident and tattoo loving jordan burroughs i so appreciate you talking to me uh trayvon ahead of uh the olympics next summer you guys doing something pretty special here today um and i know a lot of people are getting tattoos are you getting a tattoo and if
2: yes why if no why well, I'm I'm currently on the fence right now. Like the misses, um, I sent her the list of tattoos that they had here, uh, and she could she could make up her mind which one. Uh, but for me, I, I I'm I'm not sure because I'm a wimp when it comes to pain. So yes, like i I'm like if I, if I go through the pain, I want it to be permanent, like the one I have. So. Um, but, yeah, that would be the reason why.
1: Yeah, I, I'm nervous, too. And, again, I, I told everybody, like, if I write about it and I say I was too nervous, like, I'm going to make it clear, it's not scary, I'm just a wimp.
2: Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, my wife would be the first one to say I'm the biggest crybaby in the world. So, mm-hmm. And I would not I would not combat that at all. No. At all. No. Well, obviously, you
1: fought through plenty. Like, <laughs> you, you have more resolve than, than most. So, I mean, she has every right to call you uh, crybaby. You, um... You captured a gold in 2016. You were sort of part of the Redeem team. Like, you broke a long drought for Team USA. In Absolutely. In wheelchair gold. Yeah. Um, so what did it feel like when you were able to, like, was that
2: drought in your mind before the Olympics start, or were you just out there, you know, let's get after it? No, it was, it was definitely in our mind. I, I was fortunate enough to play in London, uh, and then we got bronze, but we knew that, that we had to come back. And we had, like, a sports-like session before coming to Rio where we put together like a news article to kind of manifest what we thought would happen at the end of it. And the news article was uh, that we put together as a team was ending uh, a 22-year drought or a 28-year drought at that time. Um, And so to be the first gold medal to come back since 1988 was like all on our minds. Um, But we knew we had the team to do it, so uh, we were pretty confident going into it.
1: Is there a moment from the run that stands out above all the rest, or is it just sort of the end when
2: you are celebrating that glory that sticks in your mind? I mean, it was the the battles leading up to it, right? A lot of the, the internal battles, because a lot of the practices were very competitive, but that's because we knew that we were pushing each other to become better. And, um, and sometimes, like, with your own brothers, that blood brothers, that you have paddles, right? You're getting out at each other while you're on the court, but it just made us that much closer, that much more resilient. So that way, when we were in the games and we were playing, like our guys knew that we can count on each other from day one. Rio is an Olympics that I
1: know, um, you know, there was it was kind of a, a tough one. A lot of people were like nervous, there's a little controversy. someone who went to London and Rio, like how would you compare those two
2: events? Um, so, I, I would say like for me, like London being my first one, I was the newbie. I was just so in awe of everything. And and in Rio, I was locked in. Like nothing really mattered to me at this point. Uh, whether it was some of the logistics, like I, I didn't care. At the end of the day, we were there to win. And that's the, the only focus was. I would say the biggest one was Tokyo. Tokyo was the biggest one with no fans. Like that one was completely different. I didn't know... And I felt bad for our newbies, right, and our, and our rookies because they didn't get the experience of walking into a stadium and everyone yelling USA, right? So, like, that was tough. But ultimately, I'm, I'm just glad to have the opportunity to represent Team USA at the end of the day and to do it in the fashions that we've been able to do it. I mean, it's, it's an honor.
1: Do you think now that you've had four years almost to get ready, like, you are ready to hear that ovation in 2024? you think you're prepared uh, for the difference between empty
2: stadium and full stadium? I don't think anything prepares you for it. Like, I think, like, it's unique and, like, you get the goosebumps Like get, like, you get the goosebumps just thinking about it, right? So, like, if you can only imagine, like, just rolling in and, and hearing people chant. And even in our games, when we're being booed, by the home country or by different countries, like it's still captivating for you. It still gives you that energy to want to to play better. Whether it's a boo or a cheer, you know that it's for you at the end of the day, and it makes you play better. If I can ask one more question, yeah. this is a lofty
1: goal, obviously, and you've managed to execute it over and over again. Like you're an Olympic regular. When did the Olympics really calcify in your mind as a goal, or were you just always fighting for whatever the next step was?
2: Well, I, I mean, I guess in 2009 when I made the junior national team, then it was like going from the junior national team, I knew the next step was the U.S. national team. And then it's just, just knocking down goals and trying to make history, you know? The first one, make my national team, and be the first one to bring home a medal in London. We did that with the bronze. To come home with the gold, you know, that's the next goal. With um, this one, there's been no team in wheelchair basketball that's ever repeated a gold medal. So, like, that's what's, on my, that's what's on my board at home. That's what I see, and that's what we're going to try to manifest here in hopefully a year. Well, thank you so much, man, uh, and I'll see you over at the Wimp Tent not getting tatted <laughs> up. <laughs> Absolutely. And
1: then, of course, like it always happens, I went to the Wimp Tent, and Trayvon was out there with the cool kids laughing at me anyway. thought we were cool, man. Thought we were cool. No, Trayvon was fantastic, and and I'm not sure if he actually took the plunge, but I kind of kind of think he did. I kind of think everybody except for me did. Uh, the it's tough in a confidence battle between Jordan Burroughs and Steele Johnson, Olympic silver medalist in the 10 meter synchro dive in Rio, along with his partner David Bodaya He loves tattoos, and uh, he gave me a perspective I maybe wasn't expecting, where he was like, "I am a baby, and I love tattoos," which is something where I was just like yeah but like aren't those like i am a baby and i i don't like uh absorbing pain uh for no gain people say no pain no gain what about lots of pain and similarly no gain uh but here's Steele to talk me through his perspective well Steele johnson thank you so much for sitting down um you're someone who obviously i have to talk to because i talked to a few people who have not gotten tattoos, going back and forth on getting tattoos. Mm-hmm. I, by the way, am an avowed no. Okay. Well, we can try to get you to become an avowed yes yeah. by the end of the night. I'll give, I'll give you a shot. Yeah. Okay. Like, you, you've done it already and you're the first person I spoke to do has done it. Yeah. So what's the experience like? Is there a difference between this and the and the feeling of a real, t- like a, an everlasting permanent tattoo? No, so the only thing different is just the ink that they're using, but it feels exactly the same because the process is exactly the same. I'm a little baby when it comes to tattoos, even though I've got a ton of them, they all hurt me, Um, but you know, a lot of people do a lot better than I do, but I love the experience of getting tattooed, I really love what the artists are able to do by putting ink in the skin and the story can tell, Um, so I'm super stoked I got the Olympic torch tattooed on my ankle. That's the new one? Yeah, that's the new one nice do you remember what's your first my first tattoo was the olympic rings on my forearm Mm -hmm. it was something i told myself i didn't really know if i was gonna get the olympic rings tattooed after the games i really wanted to get it tattooed if i had a great experience at the games and so i kind of had in the back of my mind i'll definitely get it tattooed if i win a medal and i won a medal so i was like sweet we're getting the rings and now looking back it's been seven years since i've gotten them i'm like I would have eventually gotten them, no matter what, good or bad experience, because it's such an amazing experience overall, even if you don't perform the way you want to. 2016 Rio, not only are you diving, but you're doing the synchronized, which is like, I mean, to me, like a layperson, it feels like, all right, there's already that precision involved, but now it's next level, because you have to sync up with a partner. Is it, do you feel like it's next level, or are you just like precise no matter what you're, you're I mean, the big thing for me and my synchro partner, David Badiah, is we trained at the same pool. So we did synchro every single day. We also had the same coaches growing up and while we were at the Olympics. So our motor mechanics were the same. The coaching styles that we had were the same. So timing was actually really easy. David would just count one, two, three, go. And then when he says go, we both go. And we're not worried about the other person. We're focused on our own dive. And so if you do two... People right next to each other, each doing a great individual dive, just at the same time. It's going to be a great simple dive. So it looks super complicated, but you really just got to break it down, and then it becomes super simple and second nature. Still sounds impossible. I, I appreciate that. But give it give it one day, and you can probably time up with someone. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you 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 you're the same coaches? You the same everything way back in the day? Did your relationship with David start way back in the day, or when way did you be? Back in the day. So yeah. I started training. Every day of the week, you know, like five, five days a week, eight hours a day. When I was ten years old, and both my parents worked at the time, so they couldn't drive me an hour to practice every day and pick me up every day. David lived in the neighboring town to mine, and so my dad would drop me off at a gas station in the morning. David would pick me up, drive me to the pool, and then drop me back off at the end of the day. Uh, he was seventeen, and I was ten years old. He went off to college at Purdue. I ended up following suit. and <laughs> We started doing synchro when I was 18 years old, so eight years later, after had won an Olympic gold medal. So it was a cool relationship we had, and uh, it really turned into a brotherhood. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, at Purdue, do you have the chance to live the Big Ten life, or do you kind of just went yeah. into? your... Yeah, no, yeah, so I competed uh, three years out of the five that I was there. I took an Olympic waiver and then a medical red shirt, um, and then after the medical red shirt, I turned professional, and so, When I was there, I was a two-time Big Ten champion and a five-time NCAA champion. Um, I was just one shy of David's record. He got six NCAA titles in three years. I got five in three years. I really wanted that sixth one, but, uh, you know, five's nothing to be sad about. I mean, there's still time. I don't know if you have any eligibility left. Well, now that they've got this whole NIL deal, yeah. I need to go back and ask because I still would have had one more year of eligibility. So yeah. Sponsored by Cheetos. I mean, like sponsor, whoever wants spon- to. Yeah. Whoever wants to sponsor me, just call my agent. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, you're open to it. Yeah. Um, do you still like produce sports like... Do you, do you follow the football program, basketball program, or so do you not? So, funny enough, yeah. when I was a student-athlete at Purdue, my brother was a football player at Purdue. Right. So I was really involved watching the football games, had friends on the soccer team, uh, and now I don't follow it as much anymore. I follow our basketball team a little bit just because
2: they've been really good the past couple of years um,
1: but you know I'm not much of a sports guy funny enough I really like watching skateboarding and winter sports but that's pretty much it I get it um, well what are your expectations for the diving team in 2024 as we root on Team USA Team USA is looking really good they just had a really good showing at the world championships this year uh, and that momentum's just going to keep building into next year so I think Team USA is going to be looking really strong next year uh, and really going to put up a good fight for a lot of medals well Steele thank you so much man I yeah thank you it. Man, I really thank everybody a lot for sitting down. That's pretty embarrassing. Or is it just polite? I think it's just, I think it's just how it's done. Well, that's what I got. I ultimately walked out tattoo list, but I tell you who didn't. Former bachelor Matt James, who got inked for a really long time. And when I checked in on the chair, people were like, Matt James is still in it. It was like, is he just antisocial? Does he not want to talk to people out here? Or is he getting, like, nine tats? Um, I don't know. Check his arms anytime in the next one to three years. But if you do it at the two-year mark, they might be 70% dissolved. That's it for this week's bonus episode. I am your host, Adam Weiner. But I'll see you back here in two weeks, and I hope you enjoyed this presentation. Bye, everybody.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.